This is a Valerie Moss original podcast. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Valerie's Variety Podcast. Today, I'm going to share a story, a personal story about an intruder in Mount Pleasant. I'm also going to review the Arlo surveillance camera system. My husband left for work the other morning, which was, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, kind of around the beginning of spring break. And he left with just, I don't know, five minutes before London and I left for work and for spring break camp. So he left, we were on our way out, I was turning the lights off in the kitchen, and I noticed he forgot his cell phone. So we phoned him on FaceTime, and you know, I offered to bring his phone and drop it off at his office. He said, no, no, I can handle not having a phone for one day, like we think we can live without our phones. So we flicked off the lights, we headed out to the car. It was probably like five, maybe 10 minutes by the time we walked out there. And he left the garage open in our back alley. Now we live in Mount Pleasant. So it's just in Northwest Calgary, just Northwest of downtown. So we live off of basically Center and 16th Avenue. And 16th Avenue is Highway 1 um, through the city. So we live fairly close to downtown. Um, Where we live is kind of a gentrified or becoming a more gentrified community. So the houses here are kind of in the category of 1950s. And the place that we live in is an infill. So what they do is they come into your They come in, buy the house that's on the property from the 50s. They mow that house down. And because it's on a very wide lot, usually about 100 by 100 or so, they put an infill on the property. So either a duplex style, so side-by-side connected home, or they'll do like two very narrow houses on the property with the space in between. Now, the one I live in has, um, we're connected, we have a common wall in our property, and it's very modern for kind of the area that we live in, so it's new comparative to um, the two neighbors on either side of us, which are still in the 50s. However, the house that's on the east side of us has just been mowed down, and there's a new property being built in there. And across our back alley, that house has been knocked over. A new property is being built in there. And at the end of the block, there's one there. And there's one across the street from that and two more over. So you get the picture. People are coming in and purchasing the lots with these older homes on them and putting in new homes. So our garage is off the back of the house. It's detached. Um, on a back alley and so we have a very small yard which is why we were attracted to this house in the first place is because 
we're away a lot in the summer and we don't want to take care of a yard. Anyway, so we have a small yard that separates our home from the garage. So my husband leaves for work, drives down the back alley, leaves the big garage door open. London and I are in the house. We're just about to leave in about five or ten minutes. And we pack up. Like I said, we phoned him about the cell phone. And then we carry on. So set the alarm, head outside, and then we come upon an intruder in our garage. Sitting in my car, and he's basically fumbling through everything. So he doesn't notice us right away. However, we're chatting between the two of us girls as we walk out there, and I see him, and I start yelling and screaming and swearing. London starts yelling at him. He immediately leaves my car. He doesn't say anything to us and proceeds to kind of scurry down the back alley. So we watch him to see if he's coming back or not. And then we come back into the garage we're kind of getting our composure and we're like choking and choking. We can't figure out why we can't really catch our breath. So we come running in the house. Now we're pretty freaked out. Um, London says to me, hey, mom, like, do you think we should shut the garage? Oh, yeah. So we go running back out, shut the big garage door, shut the man door, lock it, come in the house, lock the door, phone Jeff, my husband. So now we phoned him two times on FaceTime. So we're freaking out by this point. London's extremely emotional, as am I. And we explained that we caught an intruder. So he says, well, was anything taken? Well, I don't know. So then we go back out. He says, London, you stay in the house. Valerie, you go check to see. Well, I didn't want to go out there by myself. And London didn't want to stay in the house by herself. So we go out together on FaceTime. And sure enough, like the bikes are gone. My car has been destroyed. London and I start choking again. We can't figure out what it is. So I figure out that he sprayed my pepper spray. So I've had this in my glove compartment for probably 15 years. Never used it. So we call... Um, so Jeff says, okay, well, call the police. I'm on my way home. And he just works downtown. So it was super close. So then we jump in the truck. So we leave everything locked up. We have a vehicle parked out front. So we jump in that truck. I phone the police. I want to see if I can find the guy and like locate him. So possibly see our bikes or something. So we drive around looking for him. We go and look at the other construction sites to see if we see him. He's about 30-something, I would say. Probably not even late 30s, probably like mid-30s. He has dirty blonde hair. He's wearing a construction safety vest, which I work on construction sites, so he had a vest similar to the one I wear, actually. He was wearing boots. Um, he didn't have a hard hat on his head at the time. 
and he kind of looked rough. Like he looked kind of like, not like a, somebody who does methamphetamines, like that kind of a face, but he definitely looked rough, like he had been in some drugs or he had, um, I don't know, like a rough night. He looked unkept. Anyway, so drive around looking for him. I'm trying to phone the police. And I didn't call 911 because we weren't in danger. Um, we already scared him away, so he wasn't in the act. But we definitely had an intruder. So I called the 266-1234 police number. So what they do on this recording is they ask you, what district do you live in? District 1 is this address. District 2 is this address. Well, I don't know what district I'm in. Well, obviously, I need to figure that part out. So I just hit zero, waited for an operator, and then explained what had happened. And we were still kind of choking still. We couldn't quite catch our breath. Um, so I said, well, I think we've been pepper sprayed or been around pepper spray. And the lady took my information, asked me what was going on. I explained the situation to her. And then she said, well, I have police in the area, Valerie. Why don't you head home so you can meet them? So we turned around, came home. By this time, Jeff was kind of on his way home from the door. So London and I were still pretty worked up and freaked out. We were kind of pacing the house and waiting for the police to show up. Jeff was like looking in the garage, kind of investigating what's going on. The fire department shows up and um, checking on the people who were pepper sprayed. So we basically said, well, you know, we weren't sprayed personally, but it was definitely in the air. And you could see the pepper spray container was sitting on the seat in my car. So he engaged it in some fashion. So then um, they checked us out. And then the firemen actually were commenting on the construction site. I said, it's probably these construction workers around here, like that site right across our back alley. Well, I said, I'm going to phone that guy over there because you know how they typically will have a call, this number for this site, basically a contact for that work site. And I wanted to phone there and say, hey, like your guy was in my garage so when I said this, Jeff got an idea and said, well, he's going to call. So he walks over, gets the number, and phones the guy. And the guy um, was like an East Indian man. And Jeff says, you know, we caught one of your guys in our garage robbing us. And the guy says, well, what did he look like? And Jeff says, well, he was a blonde guy, about 30. And the guy's like, I have no white guys working on my site. So we said, well, you better figure out who's on your site because this guy was in there. So now we have two robbing sites or burglared sites 
and the police have arrived and we're speaking to the police and he's taking our statements. And then Jeff finds out talking to the contact on the site that they were also robbed. So these, this guy, I thought it was just one guy at the time. So he stole all of their compressors and tools and even their construction gear. And then he took a bike from our property. He had the second bike taken off of the ceiling hook. So we kind of, when you walk in, we have our two vehicles parked there. My vehicle's on the west side of the garage and the bikes were hanging above it on ceiling hooks. And so the intruder had taken both bikes down from the ceiling hooks, but then thought, hey, I wonder what's in this car. And I don't lock my car in the garage at that time. I have since started to. But he just totally ransacked my car. He took um, all kinds of things out of that. So I'll go through that in a minute. But the police were here, so we gave our statement. Jeff's talking to the construction worker behind us. Then as the police officer was leaving, I said, oh, officer, like I didn't catch your name. And he's like, oh, I'm Officer Dunn, D-U-N-N. And I said, Dunn? Like Tom Dunn? He says, yeah. I, and I work with his dad. So I said, Tom, I'm Valerie Moss. I work with your husband, or with your dad. Oh my gosh, small world. So he proceeds to go out to his car and write up his report. I proceed to write my report out and document my statement. Jeff talks to the guy, finds out that his stuff was stolen. So Officer Dunn now is informed that there's another robbery and he's going to go investigate over there. So we kind of clear all this up and figure out, you know, what the next steps are. And London's kind of tapping me on the arm and she says, Mom, like, I think I saw a silver truck with a bike in the back parked in the back alley. So she's kind of whispering this to me. She's being very polite and patient. So I said, okay, well, I'll tell officer done about it and then we can you know include it in the statement and so I repeated it to him and he says yes yes include it in the statement so then you know I mark that note in there and everything then we carry on kind of going to drop her off at camp and she's still quite worked up about this I'm heading into work obviously not in the best state of mind for a Monday morning the two of us girls come upon an intruder in our garage, chase him out of the garage, and then deal with the aftermath. In the meantime, the police officer starts doing some investigating here. So if you walk down our back alley, there was two... Cameras and the two cameras showed nothing. One was recently disconnected, 
and the other one recently had the batteries changed out so it didn't actually work either then apparently there's a problem house north of us so they went there and investigated the problem house to see if there was anybody at that house that possibly robbed or you know had any of our items there and um kind of checked around see if there was a bike so they did end up getting with one bike, but not both of our bikes. And um, the intruder did leave a Gatorade bottle and a hard hat in my garage. So we could take those. And the officer said he could get possibly get DNA off of them. And then investigated the other sites kind of around us, like construction sites, to no, to no positive outcome. So they couldn't find any of our stuff. And nobody really saw anything. The next day I discover that my birth certificate has been stolen. And I knew I had a little, like a little, um, you know, those binder clips. So I had like, I don't know, several cards packed in one of those binder clips. And they were gift cards. One was $500. One was 75, one was 100. Like I had quite a few that I had just stored in there from when I was out and about and needed or wanted to use them up. So they were handy. I don't really carry a purse around, so I just kept them in there. And I had my birth certificate in there because I needed to go to an appointment that required a birth certificate. So I discover that my birth certificate is missing. So then I do some digging to figure out, like, do you report it? Is it a identity theft issue? Like, what do I do? Do I just replace it? I report it to Officer Dunn, and he says, yeah, like, there's not really much they can do with a birth certificate because it doesn't have your current address on it. It doesn't have your identity of what you look like or anything. So they're not really valuable. But what a huge pain in the behind. Anyway, so I discover that. I discover that he also stole my registration stickers for my car. So I had to get those replaced. That happened like a couple weeks ago. I'm not really on... Facebook very often, but I happened to be on the following week um, just checking things out. And so I had a messenger message on there from a stranger. I didn't know her. And she sends me this note asking if I'm if I live around Mount Pleasant or around Tuxedo, which is just kind of east of us, as somebody found a safety vest with my birth certificate in the pocket. And so she was asking for my address and my middle name so she could identify if it was mine. And I was the only one registered with my name on Facebook in this Calgary area. So she was pretty sure it belonged to me. We kind of went back and forth a little bit. And, you know, to be honest, I was a bit skeptical 
And I thought, ah, oh, gee, why does she want my address? And who's her friend that found the safety vest? And why isn't her friend reaching out to me? But my husband was like, no, no, it's fine. Like, she's just doing a good deed. So in the end, it was definitely a good deed. And she worked downtown and my husband worked downtown. So they got together, did the exchange. And like, I'm super grateful. But I still don't get how she got this birth certificate and who her friend is. I guess it's sort of closed. Besides, you know, my husband's bike is still gone. And it was quite a nice bike. Um, He's actually out looking for a new bike today. And... Now I know there's like a big problem house north of us, so that doesn't make me feel very good. And we kind of feel a little, you know, violated, a little uneasy in our house. We've lived in this area for about four years, or just four years. And so it was kind of feeling like home to us. And then this happened and, you know, it makes you kind of nervous. But when I talked to Officer Dunn, you know, a couple of days later, he said that there was a witness and she saw that there was two people in that construction site dressed as construction workers. So she didn't really know that they were robbing the site or not, but she could give a description of the two guys. And so, you know, all we can do is document and that's what we've done. I want a security system. And Jeff did some research and talked to a friend of ours, and he put a security system in his property once they got broken into one time as well. So we went out and purchased the Arlo, A-R-L-O. And you kind of buy it as a kit, And this system comes with four cameras, as well as a base unit that you connect to your Wi-Fi. And it's kind of neat, like the cameras on them, we're not really familiar with, you know, surveillance systems or camera systems, but the cameras on them have a 180 degree view and they come with a magnetic mounting apparatus. So you can like rotate a little ball that's magnetic into a housing unit that you screw on to the side of your house or your fence or wherever you want to use it. And then you can kind of play with, you know, the positioning of it and they tell you how to mount it and where to mount it and give you some tips and how to hook up your base and get it connected through Wi-Fi. So the Wi-Fi system on it is completely closed. So you, yes, you hook it up to your Wi-Fi, but then it has a base and then the base goes to the cameras. So between the base and the cameras, it's a closed Wi-Fi unit, I think is how you would word that. So now we have a camera in our garage and at our back door and at our front door. That makes us feel a bit better. And you can see kind of what's going around directly around your property. And they have different levels of sensitivity. 
you know, every little bird that flies by doesn't set your camera off. So it's constantly on. And then when you have something or someone walk by the camera, it engages and starts to record. Middle of the night, when you have your cat walking around and she walks to the back door, it'll engage the camera and the camera will record your cat or whatever you have in your house walking around. Or it will record the male lady coming to the door to drop the mail off or the missionaries coming by to spread the good word. All of it's recorded. Sleep better at night, definitely now. But what a position to be in. As I've reflected over this for the last couple of weeks, I think about my six-year-old daughter who was there and witnessed this, and my automatic reaction was to get this guy out of our garage and off of my property. And I yelled at him, and I came upon him, and I screamed at him and chased him down. And I'm glad she saw that, you know, we didn't back down and that I was brave. But she's definitely having some nightmares. And she's nervous and jumpy. And, you know, she's coming upon seven this year. And so she, her, her definitely, her imagination is more active. She's definitely more aware of her surroundings. And it's affected her. And I'm sad about that. I don't want her to be scared and timid. It was kind of like an interesting thing to happen to us. And it definitely makes you think about, are you safe? Are you taking the natural or proper precautions? And, you know, how do you prepare yourself? It was interesting because that morning I was kind of rushing her. Hurry, London, let's go. Go to the garage. Get into the garage. Come on, get into the car. As I was kind of gathering up bags and stuff to bring out, well, I'm kind of glad she didn't listen and she kind of waited back with me. If she would have walked out into the garage by herself with this man in there, like, I don't know, maybe things would have been different or maybe something would have happened. It makes you reflect and be grateful that things work out how they work out. Everybody was safe. Nothing was damaged. He definitely ransacked my car, but he didn't, you know, really wreck anything. He didn't bust a window. My signal light thing doesn't work properly, but he definitely um, left an imprint and he stole my husband's bike. You know, lock your cars at night and be aware of your surroundings. Like Jeff left for work that morning and he saw the guy standing in the yard of that construction site 
and almost waved at him like, hey, neighbor. A bit of my story for today. So look out for each other. Teach your kids to be aware. Lock your cars, lock your garage. Let me know if you've had a incident like this. Send me a note. Let me know your thoughts or, you know, what's happened to you. But I can tell you this has impacted our family. And, you know, yeah, we're smarter about it. But on one hand, I wish it didn't happen. On the other hand, we're more aware and we're more brave. And we stood up to him. You talk to one of my other cop friends and he says, well, you should have just called 911 and they could have been there quicker and maybe caught him faster. And But I just went by instinct. Somebody's like, well, how did you know he didn't belong there? Well, I knew some strange man sitting in my car did not belong there. Trust your gut. So thanks for listening to today's episode, Intruder in Mount Pleasant. I'm your host, Valerie Moss, and I look forward to hearing your stories about your intruder or your robber or what happened to your property. If by chance that did happen, let me know your story. Thank you for listening to the podcast and let me know what you think by leaving me a comment on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Blueberry, and TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Music for this show is provided through GarageBand. Isabel Topper and the 70s conga is what I use today, along with some sound effects, dialing echo, time code topper, and the police siren. The intro and outro for this episode is recorded by London Moss. The podcast is produced by me, Valerie Moss, through WordPress and GarageBand. Coming up on the next episode, an interview with my stepsister, Janice, who's a communications consultant for the media and the corrections. Visit ValerieMoss.ca for more information.